0: The following podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to part three of our three-part series on the Zodiac. You may have thought this day wasn't going to come, but we're here.
2: We're here. Thank goodness we have finally made it to the end of our three-part series on the Zodiac. And I don't mean it the way it sounds. I'm just glad, uh, cause you guys know that I went way off the damn deep end on this one. And, uh, everybody's just nodding and not saying anything. So Indeed. I know that you agree. So I'm never going to do that again, but I did it this time. And, uh, I'm glad that we've gotten to the end of it, but I'm anxious to do this part. And next week, something crazy is going to happen, but we can't tell you <laughs> about that yet. Or Kelly will throw me out of the building.
0: Oh, yep.
1: I will. Well, I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer.
2: My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist.
0: I'm Kelly Turner. I'm not a lawyer.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is correct.
0: <clears throat> I'm not a doctor. Or a lawyer. And I'm not drinking either.
2: And you're not you're a mediocre journalist. Really you're probably better at this than I am.
0: Um no, not at all. Mm, not at
2: all. I don't know. Have you ever read anything I've written?
0: Um, I have.
2: It is substandard.
0: Do you know that I have your book? What? Your book is on my coffee table as part of my decor. Have
2: you ever cracked the spine on that book? I have. hmm I have. Whatever. I, I don't believe I, you.
0: I'm telling you the truth. Okay. But I'm not- Well, I, then thank you. I'm not a lawyer and I'm not a doctor, so uh, <laughs> I don't know if you should believe me. <laughs>
2: but she swears she can read the
0: question is what am i what Um, am i doing here
2: uh, today i don't think any of us know what we're doing here
0: today well i do i do know that that was that was a rhetorical question i'm here because we're rounding out this trilogy i'm excited
2: it's it's warm in here already this is going to be awesome
0: Mm -hmm. i I can't wait i cannot wait and i can't believe that we are talking about part three in our zodiac series before we get started with our finale we're going to do briefly go over the facts about the case that we covered in parts one and two because we want to make sure that we discuss that. If you've mm. not listened to part one and two, you need to go back. Stop though. now. Yeah, don't don't just wait on this recap. Get the whole experience. Yeah. Don't half asset. No whole asset. Whole asset. It. It. Thank whole you. Whole it. Yes. And look, you need to get the you need to get the Henry experience. You need to hear Henry's voice and. He does such a great job and you will get to hear that eventually in this episode as well. But one last shout out to Henry for being Mm -hmm. such a wonderful voiceover actor. Yeah.
2: What a great creepy voice Henry has. I I don't say it that way to him, to his face, but that's what we're all thinking.
0: (laughs) So let's get into a few things that we discussed, uh, based on our quote, expertise.
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Speaking of not a lawyer, not a doctor, and a mediocre journalist.
1: Well, there are people out there who spent years talking about this case, reading about it, investigating leads and clues and hints and conspiracies about the Zodiac killer, about who he was and about who he was not. Uh, that is not us. Nope. I mean...
2: <laughs> not even
1: close. Mm-hmm. I titled this Zodiac 101 for a reason. We're mm-hmm. just scraping the bottom of the barrel, giving you the basics here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We hope that our listeners will judge that we accomplished that feat of acquiring a basic understanding of the case and passing it along when the series finally concludes today.
0: And I think we will learn an awful lot about this case along the path of this three-part series, including that every rabbit hole in this case only leads to a dozen more rabbit holes. No doubt. has never been a truer statement. I mean, this case will consume you people do
2: people have done this for years Mm -hmm. and i can see how that happens because i have gone on enough websites and gone to enough listened to enough podcasts about the zodiac killer to know that good grief you can spend your entire adult life trying to get to the bottom of this and there is no bottom
0: No, we remain uh amateurs of course when it comes to the zodiac killer and and we own that we admit that uh if you were too when this started then maybe you learned along with us and so we hope that we've been able to bring you into the world of the zodiac i would say we dipped our toe in based on (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know some people it's their life work but we were just gonna dip our toe in and we hope that you found us competent enough to complete an introductory level course About the Zodiac.
2: Yeah, uh, fingers crossed on that one. So anyway, back in Zodiac 101, part one, uh, we set the table for the story. We talked about what was going on in 1968, which is when this case began. Uh, We talked about the turmoil in the country and really all around the world. I mean, Vietnam was raging in Asia. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Bobby Kennedy both died by assassins bullets right here at home. Uh, There was racial unrest around the country. College students across the nation were protesting the war. NASA's Apollo program was aiming for the moon. A lot going on. Mm -hmm.
1: And then in Northern California in December 1968, the Zodiac killer struck for the first time. Although you can probably start an argument at a gathering of Zodiac experts with that sentence. For sure. Uh, We're not even going to touch the Cherry Joe Bates case from Riverside, California in 1966. But there's a place to begin your search if you like rabbit holes like we mentioned.
2: (laughs) Plenty to go around.
1: Kelly started off part one by telling us about the 22 caliber shooting deaths of teenagers Betty Lou Jenkins and David Faraday uh, at where they parked off the side of the road at Lake Herman Road in Solano County, California, on December 20th, 1968.
0: And then Scott told us about when the Zodiac struck again six months later on July 4th, 1969, only five miles away at another Lover's Lane area, the Blue Rock Springs Park in Vallejo, California, and that's in the same county. 22 year old Darlene Farron was shot to death, and 19 year old Mike Majot was critically injured by a total of 10 shots from a 9 millimeter pistol.
2: And then there was a telephone call to the Vallejo Police Department. That phone started ringing, and everything changed in the Bay Area for a long time afterwards. That first call, just a few minutes after Darlene and Mike were attacked, featured a man's voice delivering a confession about both the Blue Rock Springs Park crime and the Lake Herman Road shooting the previous December. And that call ended with a very ominous sign-off. And once again, our good friend Henry Johnson was kind enough to do the voiceover work for us. You have heard it throughout this three-part series about the Zodiac Killer. Here is a portion of that particular call we're talking about, including that eerie sign-off one last time.
0: I want to report a double murder. If you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway to the public park, you will find the kids in a brown car. They were shot with a 9mm Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye.
1: So that was Zodiac 101, Part 1. Last week in Part 2, we told you all about the other two attacks that can be directly attributed to the Zodiac killer. The Lake Berryessa attack on September 27, 1969 that left 22-year-old Cecilia Shepard dead and the execution-style shooting of a cab driver, named Paul Stein, age 29, in downtown San Francisco on October 11th, 1969.
0: And that gets us here to part three. We've been promising you we would try and explain some of these cryptograms the Zodiac Killer sent to the newspapers in the San Francisco Bay Area during this time. Now Katie's going to tell us about two of the most famous of those Zodiac cryptograms, the Z408 and the Z340, named for the number of characters in each.
2: So, Katie, it only took a few days to figure out the first of those two cryptograms, right? And then over 50 years to solve the second one, yes?
0: Yes.
1: So, a school teacher and his wife, Don and Betty Harden, solved the Zodiac's very first cryptogram, the Z408, within a few days of its arrival at three Bay Area newspapers in late July of 1969. Betty started with the letter L and quickly solved the Z408. So, that's the clue we gave listeners last week. And Connie Geimer was the first to send in a correct solution to our email address. Connie, congratulations. And we have your t-shirt ready and waiting for
2: you. Yes.
0: Congratulations. Yeah.
2: She has to come to a live show to pick that up. So, uh, Wednesday, (laughs) March the 30th.
0: Yeah. We have to to bribe people. Yeah. We need
2: photos and the whole thing. So, (laughs) show up.
0: (laughs) On the other hand, it was December 2020 before the Z340 was solved by a trio of amateur internet sleuths. You got to love those internet sleuths.
2: They got that one figured out. It took them 50 years, but they
0: got it. (laughs) Got to love them. The key phrase in that solution was perhaps this one. That wasn't me on the TV show. It was mailed on November the 8th, 1969 two weeks after someone claiming to be the Zodiac Killer, called into a TV morning show in San Francisco. And it turns out this caller was a mental patient who, for some reason, had access to a telephone.
2: Yeah, we're not even going to dig into that. But guys, I think that the solution about the uh, the 340 tells, tells us that the Zodiac Killer, he, he sort of outsmarted himself. Because even though he wanted to make the 340 more difficult than the 408, he still wanted people to know what that message contained because he was telling people basically i'm not the guy who called into that tv show and i'm guessing 51 years later that information is no longer pertinent
0: and nobody cares that nobody cares at
2: that point but he made the 340 so hard that it took 51 years all just to tell us that he did not call into the am san francisco morning show in october of 1969 to speak to famous attorney to the stars melvin belli and since katie is our resident legal expert, and that was air quotes that you can't see on your podcast, (laughs) who better to tell us about Melvin Belli than Katie?
1: Melvin Belli really is an interesting character. Um, He was born July 29th, 1907. He passed away July 9th, 1996. He was a prominent United States lawyer, author, and actor uh, known as the King of Torts. He had many celebrity clients during his legal career. He won over like $600 million in damages for those clients. And that is even a lot more money now, I mean. Yeah, and
2: he was raking in, what, about 30% of that? So uh yeah, he probably least... had a really nice house somewhere.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, probably multiple, but yes. Yeah. He was also the attorney for Jack Ruby, who shot Leah Harvey Oswald for the assassination of uh President JFK. He's That's probably what one of the things he's most famous for. Most famous for, besides... What we're about to talk about. Besides what we're
2: about to talk about. <laughs> yeah. In
1: 1969, a man called San Francisco police, identified himself as the serial killer, not only as the Zodiac, like we just spoke about, and agreed to call talk show host Jim Dunbar on Dunbar's morning television talk show, AM San Francisco, if either Bell Eye or attorney F. Lee Bailey was present on the air. The police contacted both of them to arrange this in hopes of capturing the individual and as promised, the suspect called, spoke a few words, then hung up, repeating this activity 54 times over the next two hours. belleye received a letter from the Zodiac the same year. Uh, like Scott mentioned earlier, um, two months earlier, when the Oakland Police Department took the call from somebody claiming to be the Zodiac, um, requested to speak to either Belleye or Francis Lee Bailey. Remember, two other people have spoken to the Zodiac killer. Like, mm. they've heard his
2: Oh, queries. yeah. Good point. Very good point.
1: And so... Through all of this, they were able to determine that that voice was not the same voice that. Yeah, because I
2: mean, the Vallejo dispatcher mm-hmm. that very first night, or Solano County, whoever it was, and then uh, Brian Hartnell, right, who was at Lake Berryessa, they both heard his voice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they were saying, "This is not the voice." When the they heard
2: night. that recording, they're like, "This isn't the guy.
0: This yes. isn't the guy." But you know, Bella's got to be loving this. This is free publicity. Yeah, Effie Bailey too. But I mean, mm-hmm. Bella's the one who ends up being on the show, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. This is just free publicity. He doesn't have to use yeah. all the money he's won to advertise no. himself.
2: And there's a great sequence uh, in the the 2007 film The Zodiac uh, where they try to recreate as realistically as possible the way that that all happened that morning. You'll have to see that for yourself because I'm not going to mention it when I talk about that film later. But um, David Fincher tried to be as accurate as he possibly could about the facts about everything to do with the Zodiac, and I. Feel like you got that one right, so make sure and watch the film.
0: It's and, a really good film.
2: Yeah.
1: And Brian Cox, who is currently on the HBO show Succession, plays Eye in that movie. And he's one of my favorite
0: actors. So Brian Cox in Succession is the main guy. He right? is. He's, he's the, 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 the he's older.
2: the elder. Yeah, he's yeah. the matriarch. Or I'm sorry, the uh, patriarch of the family.
0: He is fantastic yeah. in both of these. That, I thought that's who you were talking about. He's
2: really good in Super Troopers, too. If you want to see how broad <laughs> Brian Cox is, he is fantastic as the police chief in Super Troopers.
0: He is also fantastic in the campaign <sighs> oh, i forgot yeah. he was in
2: that <laughs> yeah. now i have to go home that and watch a, the campaign tonight that is
0: a hugely underrated movie damn it kelly hilarious
2: i already had something picked out to watch when i got home tonight and now i'll have to watch <laughs> that instead but that's okay i'm not complaining
0: all right so on december
1: 20th 1969 the first anniversary of the lake herman road murders the zodiac killer mailed a letter to the home address of bell eye in san francisco Asking for his help and claiming he was, quote unquote, afraid of losing control again and taking his ninth or possibly tenth victim. He also included another piece of Paul Stein, Paul Stein's shirt. Paul Stein, remember, was that cab driver who Mm -hmm. he shot and cut pieces of a shirt and sent in for to verify his authenticity. Um, The letter read, Dear Melvin, this is the Zodiac speaking. I wish you a happy Christmas. The one thing I ask of you is this. Please help me. I cannot reach out for help because of this thing in me won't let me. I am finding it extremely difficult to hold it in check. I'm afraid I will lose control again and take my ninth and possibly tenth victim. Please help me. I'm drowning. At the moment, the children are safe from the bomb because it is so massive to dig in and the trigger mech requires much work to get it adjusted just right. But if I hold back too long from no nine... I will lose all control of myself and set the bomb up. Please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer.
2: And that's another reference to the the earlier threat that the Zodiac made to uh to damage or to.
0: Pick off children from a school bus. As yes. they ran from the school, put a bomb on a bus. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. This letter to me just sounds like pure BS.
1: And the yeah. copy I got or that I found, it's got misspellings and and things in it. So I don't know if that is true to how it was. Actually yeah, there was it, was
2: it pretty much. Uh, and they they do a great job of this again in the Zodiac and I don't touch on it. So I'm glad you brought it up, but, but there was a, there was a man named Sherwood Morrill who is the, he worked for the California department of justice and it was his job to match up all of the, these different letters that they were getting and determine whether or not the person who had written them was indeed the Zodiac. And there is, I saw this brief uh, Katie, I saw this brief interview with, with, with Morrill and he said, it's pretty obvious that the Zodiac is a smart individual. He's very intelligent. His his grammar is good. His punctuation's good. Anytime he spells something wrong, he's trying to fool us into thinking that he is not as smart as he
0: is. Yes, and he's absolutely, in my opinion, not about to lose control and yeah. do all of these things. He just loves this game of hey, messing yes. with people. Exactly.
1: Yeah, it it does seem methodical. Like it's like Christmas has two S's and yeah. we, Well and this just a-
0: spelled with an O and not an I. Like, right. And just the phrase happy christmas is not relevant to the United States.
2: Yeah, we weren't woke yet.
0: That is uh, that's um a very British saying. Happy Christmas mm, right. instead
1: of merry. Yeah. Instead
0: of merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of people have looked at that and thought maybe he, you know, might be British or he had, you know, some British family or something but nothing has ever been able to be proven. Mm-hmm. About or, or maybe to that,
2: or maybe watched Monty Python's Flying Circus. Was that a thing yet? I don't remember. I don't maybe know, the early 70s before that. Maybe we should cut that.
0: He could have just been, again, trying to throw everybody off. I think that's and use the, some phrasing yeah. that was a little bit different. Um, but I know that people have uh focused in on that the, the yeah. happy Christmas I could see part. that. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: <clears throat> but interestingly enough, when this letter was delivered, uh, like I said, in December. Of 1969, Belli had traveled to Munich for a conference. So his housekeeper actually forwarded the letter to his office because, like I said, it was, it was, this was taken to his home address. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure was not public knowledge at the time. I mean, you know.
0: And that's got to be ridiculously
1: creepy. Yeah. Cause you can find somebody's yeah. office address easily, but getting yeah. their home address is weird. And it remained at his office until after the Christmas break when he returned. Back to work. When employees finally returned, they found the letter and its contents and handed it immediately over to authorities, where it was su- subsequently analyzed and and they authenticated it and found it to be a genuine Zodiac correspondence. Probably
2: that Sherwood Morrell character. Mm-hmm. I mean he he was the he was the expert on whether or not that handwriting was the Zodiac or not at the time.
1: And of course the they matched the piece of the shirt, piece of Paul Stein's shirt. Yeah. That's about it on the on Belli's involvement. I mean, he's, like I said, he's pretty interested in himself. If you want to look him up, he has a long legal career. I've got that really, book on the way.
2: I'm going to read it and then I will pass it along to you. Yeah, does some really His autobiography things. from the 70s.
1: Yep. His grandmother was the first female pharmacist in the state of California. That was just interesting huh. to right. Hey, Something hey. interesting to know. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. So there's one example of the rabbit hole filled with rabbit holes we are talking about when it comes to the Zodiac Killer and on to the next kelly has some information about what goes on or perhaps doesn't in the heads of people who commit crimes like those committed by the zodiac and she's going to go through a few of the top suspects that have developed at various points over the past 50 years some while the crimes were still going on and some who came along years later
0: all right so we're going to talk about the psychological profile of the zodiac and this is Listed in the book. I know Scott has put it on our reference page or Katie mm-hmm. has put it on a reference yeah, page. Katie Scott's could. talked about it on our on our episodes, but it's uh the title of the book is Zodiac, the shocking true story of the hunt for the nation's most elusive serial killer by Robert Graysmith. He was on staff for the San Francisco Chronicle when all of this was going on. Mm-hmm. So he has a firsthand account of the chaos that this caused um, when the Zodiac was active. But there's a psychological profile the zodiac and I'm not going to read the entire thing it's it's pretty long All right. but I wanted to just focus on I'm the curious thing. I don't
2: know I've never I didn't get that far into the book so
0: Okay. Well, you know, we've talked about profiles in previous episodes yeah. and talked about how eerily they're correct. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. it's they these guys are really good at at what they do but I just want to pull out a few here of the psychological profile of the Zodiac. So paranoid delusions of grandeur. Uh, Yeah, probably.
2: Well, now, wait a minute.
0: (laughs) Most definitely.
2: I have those.
0: (laughs) Another one is psychotic. Uh, This profile also says, a sexual sadist. You will find that the Zodiac probably tortured small animals as a child, had a domineering mother, weak or absent father, Strong Fantasy Life, Confusion Between Violence and Love. And that is pretty consistent with some of the other more known serial killers. These guys did a lot of interviews with Edmund Kemper, um, some of these more famous serial killers who were caught and incarcerated. Right. And they did a lot of these interviews with them. And so that's, that's where they... They get this.
2: And there was this common theme. Yes. In many cases. Yes. Through the years.
0: Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. So, the, those first three that I talked to you are very common among serial killers, especially the the torture of small animals, um, delusions of grandeur, possibly domineering mother. You know, it's always the mother's fault. Ugh. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very calm in a crisis is one thing that's a little bit unique. You would to have to be particular person. If you do what these people do,
2: you're in the middle of a crisis mm-hmm. for someone. Oh gosh. When it's happening,
0: mm-hmm. you got to stay calm. And to do these things in broad daylight yeah. like this, uh, plans carefully. That's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, may rehearse the crimes, uh, look for similar attacks in areas the weeks prior. Here's another understatement. Enjoys taunting the police. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secretive and guarded in his dealings with the world. And a lot of times people who end up being serial killers are diagnosed as antisocial personality disorder. But remember, I feel like we've talked about this before, that doesn't mean that they're not good in a social setting. It doesn't mean that they can't be quite charming.
2: Live at the party. Mm -hmm. The guy with the umbrella shade on his head.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's so kind of a chameleon uh, yes and and this person though um they're going to be secretive and guarded in certain things, so he's going to go to a certain point where he's he in dealing with other people, but then after that, no one's gonna be able to crack the egg or get get past the the barriers mm-hmm. because of the secrets that he holds um He gets very angry when the police tell lies about him. Um, The Zodiac is reasonably truthful in what he writes. I would... um, Reasonably. Reasonably truthful. Because he
2: got to the point where a lot of the police in San Francisco started to think that he was taking credit for things that he had not
0: done. Oh, yeah. And that that, um, letter to the the lawyer was just, like I said, that's just total BS, in my opinion. I mean, that's just rambling on. There's no meat to any of that. Well, I
2: think some of it was, you know, he'd been out of the news for a little while. I mean, don't forget he likes being in the news. Yeah, don't forget that the Manson murders happened in August of 69. So by the end of the year, he's off the front page. Maybe he just needs to reach out to Belli Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and get himself back on the front page again.
0: Zodiac is an imitative person, not inventive. Everything he has done, he has seen or he's found it written somewhere. And if you dive very deep into this case and some of the letters, some of the symbols that he wrote, uh, people have been able to tie that back to certain other victims. I won't step on Scott. No, no, no. You keep
2: talking, but yeah, I found one of those examples that you're talking about, and I will bring it up later when we talk about the entertainment aspect.
0: So he's basically a gigantic poser. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and Mm. you know, a lot of times these. FBI agents and police will be onto this and they'll use that because that's definitely a sore subject. And they'll they'll kind of agitate that or try to agitate that publicly. To
2: cause him maybe to make a mistake, mm-hmm. give up too much information about something about yes. himself.
0: I mean, look at BTK. BTK yeah. uh would probably never have been caught had he not decided to pull a zodiac and and write some letters and and i'm so glad that he did i uh i think he's just he needs to just rot away and that's the only time you'll hear me mention that on this podcast ever all right everybody has that one case that they're like i'll never do
2: we're not doing the the btk kill you i'm fine with can, that
0: and i'll sit no no no
2: no, no 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 hey if you say no because it's pretty uh that one's pretty gruesome he's
0: a disgusting monster that deserves to rot I'm Deal. just saying
2: no i'm I'm with you on that
0: all right moving on um so he makes sure that the woman always dies and so that that's one of the reasons that they were saying that he he probably had an overbearing mother mm. um you know some sort of dominating female presence in his life that he did not like
1: it is strange that he the only survivors are men like he
0: could have made sure that they were dead too mm-hmm but it's almost like, like he got care. distracted. He shot the women multiple times. Yeah. Uh, the one lady was five times.
2: Yeah. Uh, at, at Lake Herman Road, mm-hmm. uh, Betty Lou was. Five,
0: am I getting this right? She was five back.
2: times as she ran away. Mm-hmm. As if to imply perhaps that he said, hey, run.
1: And at Lake Berryessa, um, he stabbed her more times than he stabbed. Yeah. Yep. Brian
2: was stabbed six times and Cecilia was stabbed ten times.
0: Mm -hmm. just that's very personal and Mm -hmm. that's a to stab somebody think about stabbing somebody 10 times to fling that knife and pull it out again and again a 12 inch long blade that is personal you got to be right very close to someone to do that yeah um so I think that that's one of the reasons that they're saying that about to him having an overbearing mother. Uh, he definitely is organized. He plans ahead at uh, Lake Berryessa. So he cut up clothesline and had that there. The Zodiac kills at close range because he wants his victims to see him. Also, I, I would also say he wants to watch... The life leave their body.
2: I think it's more that. than is. For, for him to be seen because, you know, you think of Lake Berryessa and that's when he had on the big, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the hood, uh, mm-hmm. with just the eye holes cut out and, and clip on sunglasses and then the Zodiac symbol on his chest. I mean, he was in costume.
0: He was, but he wanted to look them in the eyes. Yes. Eye. He
2: wanted to see them. He
0: wanted them to see him and, and wanted to see that fear. Yeah. The fear and, and watch it, watch that leave their eyes. That's. Very, very, um, they get off on that. I can't right. think of a better way. I know that's kind of no. I, I, ugh, gross to say, but they do. I yeah. mean, it's, that, it's,
2: it's part of the fulfillment of their fantasy.
0: Yes. Now, interestingly enough, they're going to say they, that he's affected by the moon and the tides. So I guess that has to do with, with when the killings happened. And yeah. and,
2: um, and and that's another rabbit hole you can jump down because there are people who think that, and, and maybe they're right, I haven't gotten too far down this rabbit hole, but they were all on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if they the were moon near was water, full. They? There was all a thing about, there was a water element, Lake Berryessa, Lake Herman Road, Washington and Cherry Streets. Uh, there's a joke in mm. the Zodiac film. But anyway, yeah, there was, so there was... It, w- it's, it's something's going on that we never got to the bottom of on this one.
0: Yes. Um, often, uh, he, he shows his victims with specific occupations. All the victims, even Stein were students.
2: I never, that never occurred to me before. There's another rabbit hole.
0: Mm-hmm. Another one. Ugh. And so they say he will repeat his crimes. The pleasure from taunting the police may, in the end, become the real motive for the crime. So, they're willing to say okay. this whole game may be even more fun, and so he's going to keep doing it because the, the game continues. And,
2: and that's what you don't know. You don't know, like you just said, they were all students. That may have been his primary motivation, or it may have been a strange, quirky coincidence. Because he really, like you just now said, wanted to taunt the police instead, and maybe it was all just an accident.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Will have a fascination with police work and may have actually applied for a job in on the police force. Interesting, skillful and charming liars. They may even uh, he may even move to a state that has the death penalty, which uh, they are saying that. He may unconsciously desire. I don't know. That's a controversial Well,
2: California did at the time. I think it was either 72 or 73 before the state Supreme Court ended the death penalty for a period of time in California.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Fantasy of killing his mother. There's another with the Mm. overbearing female presence. Uh, This type of killer will, will scout out a certain type even to the point of a prepared questionnaire to select them. So, I don't know, maybe engage them a little bit and, or follow them around to see if they check certain boxes before he strikes.
2: Mike Majo always said that he and Darlene were followed all night long, right? Mm -hmm. From the point, from the time they left his house when she came and picked him up until the time the crime took place at, that would have been what, uh, Blue Rock Springs Park? Mm Mm-hmm. He always felt like that they were being followed, and that Darlene was suspicious of the cars behind them. And he never got a straight answer from her, but that fits right into your profile there.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that those are just some of the things here. Uh, the last one I'll read is they think of the victim as an object, and that's pretty consistent. You mm-hmm. you separate yourself from the object that deserves to die. That way you don't get talked out of doing what you've planned to do.
2: Or feel any remorse or or in the middle of the act, you don't go, oh, wait a minute, I'm killing a human being here.
0: Right. You got to continue justifying Mm -hmm. the reason behind this. And uh, so they just see the victim as an object. And that also goes in line with that lack of remorse and and our consistent... Symptoms of having antisocial personality disorder. All right. That's one of the main ones. Uh, some possible suspects. Oh, let's so do this part. Yeah, these. let's and do it. Scott may have to help me a little bit with these. Um, I don't know. I go, as I go through, but... Um, I have a uh, website here to reference, uh, ZodiacKiller.com. That's a, wow. that's Tom
2: Voigt's website. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. So these are, there are four suspects listed here. He has more on this website, but I just want to talk about four main ones. And Scott, you're going to help me with the pronunciation of this first guy. What's that last name? Richard... Um Gaikowski.
2: Yeah, that sounds Gajkowski. right. I, I, I okay. took my glasses off so my earphones would fit so I can't see it. But yeah, I think it's okay. Gaikowski.
0: Okay, so if you see a photo of Richard Gaikowski, he fits the description down to those glasses. Yeah.
2: I, I just don't know how uncommon black horn-rimmed glasses were in the late 60s. I mean, I mean they weren't. Uh, you know, uh, but
0: look at look at the face shape. Look at the nose mm. and the chin. I mean, it's... It's eerie. It's worth a look. It is eerie. It's worth a look. Um, okay, so, Guykowski, I just want to give you just a the high points on him. He was born in South Dakota in 1936. He attended, uh, nearby Webster High School and then Northern State Teachers College in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Um, and he passed away in 2004. Uh, but he was in the area. I wanted to, uh, get, how with him being in South Dakota, how does that make him the Zodiac? Right. Uh, in 1963, he moved from South Dakota to San Francisco and he lived on Parnassus Avenue and he worked downtown at the daily commercial news, which is a financial newspaper. These are really good, uh, traits mm-hmm. that line up. I can definitely see other than the way that he looks. Um,
2: Well, you figure he's good at punctuation if he works at a newspaper, right?
0: Exactly. And I like everything about him so far. um, By December 1964, he was living and working in Martinez. Uh, Is it Martinez or Martinez?
2: I would say Martinez.
0: Martinez, California. I'm sorry. I'm from Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been to... uh,
2: Hey, you and us three. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i've been to san diego but that's the only part of california i have been to san
2: francisco but i was not yet a fan of the zodiac uh 10 years ago or i'm not a fan of the zodiac today but i wasn't enamored <laughs> with this case 10 years ago when i went but i wish that i had been because i would have loved to do kind of one of those you know i would have loved to have seen some i'd have loved gone to the corner of washington and cherry street and just mm-hmm. stood there and mm.
0: Since you're a fan of the Zodiac, the Zodiac, I like his style. All right, cut all that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Gaikowski is in uh, Martinez, California, which is 45 minutes away from San Francisco. Uh, He lives on what was called Escobar Street there. Uh, And it was located less than five miles directly south of the Zodiac's first
2: murders. So, Lake Herman? Mm
0: hmm. Okay. That's what it says. First, uh, directly south of the Zodiac's first eventual murders.
2: Well, that means he was also close to Lake, uh, to Blue Rock Springs Park because those places are only about five miles away, right? From each
0: mm-hmm. other. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. In October of 1965, Kowski was intentionally arrested for refusing to sign a traffic citation following a routine stop. And so as an investigative reporter for the local newspaper, Kowski's goal was to write a story about the conditions within the jail from the perspective of an inmate. Uh, I remember reading that now. Yeah, so he's trying to go in and do a big story. And following his brief stay in jail, his mugshot was published along with his story. However, by the time Gaikowski became a Zodiac suspect more than 20 years later, records of his fingerprints were long gone, making a comparison to Zodiac's fingerprints impossible. So he was a later suspect. He wasn't a suspect here.
2: Because of proximity and the way that he looked, I guess there must've been other clues that led people to think that he was on that short list because I know that Tom Voigt does pretty uh, solid research or at yes. least based on everything I've seen on his and, website. And
0: you can visit this website and get this full, all of this information. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, but yeah. I just, I didn't want to say too Rabbit holes
2: much time. on top of rabbit holes <laughs> on top of rabbit holes.
0: Exactly. So let's move on to the next suspect. Um, based on this website. Of course, I'm using these top four here. The next uh, suspect I want to talk about is Arthur Lee Allen. I think, Scott, you might actually have mentioned his name last yep. week in part two. So is there anything you want to say about Arthur Lee Allen before... Before he just, he, he
2: features prominently in the Zodiac film from 2007. He was always Robert Graysmith's uh, primary suspect. And Graysmith was the guy who uh, wrote the Zodiac book that uh, Kelly referenced earlier. Yes. He's also played by Jake Gyllenhaal in the film. And uh, it, it, he's been obsessed with Zodiac uh, for his entire adult life. And he was always, uh, Arthur Leon was always Graysmith's top suspect.
0: Hmm. He was, and he had strong ties to the Riverside area, which a lot of the investigators were saying they believe that he had ties to that particular area.
2: Well, that takes us back to Sherry Joe Bates in 66, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of Zodiac uh, aficionados think that that's when the Zodiac, at least then mm-hmm. was when he started his killing spree.
0: Right. Right. Um, so, Allen was 32 years old at the time that Bates was killed, and uh, he lives in Vallejo. So, he was definitely right there. there yeah. He was
2: right there in town <laughs> for the whole thing.
0: Mm-hmm. So, according to his brother Ron, Arthur Lee Allen was given a Zodiac watch as a Christmas gift from their mother in 1967. Uh, Allen's estimation of when he received the watch was July or August of 1969. The logo for the Zodiac watch is a cross circle symbol, the same that the killer eventually used. Identical. He he possessed this watch. So according to police statements, within days of receiving the watch, Allen is allegedly making all of these claims to his friend Don Cheney. He would like to kill couples at random. He would taunt the police with letters detailing his crimes. These are the things that he's telling Don he's going to do.
1: Just out of the blue. Out
0: out of the 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 blue after getting this watch. uh, He would sign the letters with that Zodiac symbol and call himself the Zodiac. He would wear makeup to change his appearance. He would attach a flashlight to the barrel of his gun in order to shoot at night. He would fool women into stopping their cars in rural areas by claiming they had problems with their tires, then loosen their lug nuts and eventually take them captive. So he's making these statements to a guy. If if you're... Quote friend starts making these statements to you. Don't be friends with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Just change, change friends. Scott, anything else on Arthur Lee Allen? I mean, no, why I'm- did why did they eventually just stop? Could they just not get enough evidence?
2: Well, the, there were a couple of different times when they got search warrants to get into his, uh, to his, uh, to the places where he lived. Uh, they found some very incriminating things. They found some bomb making apparatus in in one of his trailers that he lived in. I think that was in, I don't want to say Santa Cruz, perhaps, or maybe uh, Santa Rosa. Um, But at some point they did a DNA test and they did a fingerprint test and he didn't match either of them. And this was probably back in the mid to late eighties. And I'm, I hope I'm not getting this wrong. Tom Voigt's going to send me a nasty email if I got any of that wrong, (laughs) but he was eventually taken off the list. It just, it wasn't him. But now Robert Graysmith,
0: well and as far I believe, as i know
2: still thinks that i believe it the was.
0: science has come a long way i mean we were just getting yeah. into dna and and I mean
2: well somebody said I saw a video a couple of weeks ago somebody said look there were tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people in 1968 who were white males in their 30s who wore horn rim glasses and had crew cuts and lived in that area at the time and were creepy AF on some level
1: (laughs) well I mean (laughs) so it could have
2: been any of them
1: there could be an argument that you know all white men are creepy to an
2: extent. Okay, you know what? what? I did not want to go down that rabbit hole while we were here today. But
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm in no <laughs>
2: position to argue uh, as I sit here. But I mean, this for some reason, he ended up off of the primary suspects mm-hmm. list, at least in the eyes of the police department who had two things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Physical evidence and eyewitness testimony.
0: And I'm certainly not going to fault them for that because they don't need to... They definitely do not need to create a narrative and make somebody fit it. They're trying to exactly um, and people have the right person.
2: And there have been plenty of people through the years who have accused Robert Gray Smith of doing that. He settled on this one One person that he was convinced was him, and he tried to make all the pieces of the puzzle fit. Mm -hmm. And that's you know that's another conspiracy theory. I don't think anybody would do that on purpose, but you know when you when you're walking through the world with blinders on.
0: Well, and we've we've seen cases before where the science messed up, or uh, or people were just trying to fit a narrative, or mm-hmm. and they just for whatever reason got it wrong. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It. I'm not trying to say that someone ran the test wrong. I'm just saying it was. It well, was new. Well, although we
2: recently did a case where someone did run the test wrong. Remember mm-hmm. who was that with the, the the
0: Beatrice Six?
2: The Beatrice Six.
0: Mm-hmm. That so, was a big a big mess a up. Big, big uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. It was more than enough.
2: I guess we're keeping it PG today, huh? Yeah. Well, Cooper Allen's out there somewhere. I don't want to say the word I want to say right uh-huh,
0: now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All right. Watch out. All right. The next suspect we want to talk about is Rick Marshall.
2: Mm. Okay. I got a thing about this guy.
0: Go ahead. Go no, ahead, no, I ahead. don't have
2: you, know, you go. I mean, I just, he was a film. Buff. Ah, look at his picture. He was <laughs> Sorry.
0: A- <laughs> People, our listeners can't see him. <laughs> but, um, you look it up really... and see if you make
2: the same noise, uh, Kelly just made. Is
0: that a bad toupee? What the hell is going on with his hair? It's
2: either a bad toupee or a worse haircut. Wow. But, I mean, he was a guy who was involved. He was a, uh, Uh, He was involved in the theater industry in San Francisco and worked as a projectionist. I think you tell me if I got this wrong. And there's a tie in that I'll mention when I get to the movie part of this. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's a lot of a, a, a lot of dots get connected with this guy, too.
0: Mm-hmm. well he certainly has the look we're looking for here uh wow <laughs> i'm being too harsh okay uh, apparently
2: we're gonna put that on our instagram page uh katie i think we have sure, to now yeah. <laughs> in
0: 1976 marshall became a zodiac suspect after making suspicious comments over his ham radio so he's one of those ham radio people well, that's. I mean, that was a that was a form of entertainment back in this Certainly. time. You would get on Scott. What is a ham radio? Well,
2: it would be, it's a radio that, where you can use it. It's not just uh, like a CB, a Citizens Band radio was late in the seventies when I could talk to you from five miles away, breaker one nine, with a ham radio and my. Great uncle David had one of these when I was a kid and it was this big apparatus as big as a computer and a printer and a desk all put together now. And you could actually talk to people on, other, on the other side of the world because AM signals bounce off of the atmosphere and go all the way around the globe, whereas an FM signal is a straight line signal. So you can't listen to an FM radio from 40 miles away. But on some clear nights, you can hear a hockey game from Wisconsin if you've got your AM radio pointed in the right direction. And that's what a ham radio was times a thousand and so you could talk to people and actually talk to people back and forth uh, all over the world. I remember that my Uncle David talked to people in Finland, in Norway.
1: Well, now, if you are my age or younger or mm-hmm. maybe somewhere in between...
2: You have the internet.
1: It is. No, no, no. <laughs> and you have no idea what Scott's talking about. It's what they use in Stranger Things.
2: There you go. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Yes,
0: yes. Thank um, you. So I this, have
2: not seen season two. Of that, uh, <laughs> this guy's
0: an, an interesting character, especially for the the owner of this website that we're talking about, ZodiacKiller.com. Marshall agrees. He agrees to be interviewed by the detective, um, but he denies being the Zodiac Killer in the interview. Smart.
2: Uh, Yeah. As you you do. He's savvy like that, the Zodiac Killer.
0: In 2001, Marshall emails the guy who runs this ZodiacKiller.com website. Uh, This was the first... Zodiac suspect to ever contact him, he says that he's aware of, and he was upset over a very trivial detail that he read on the website, and he puts a copy of the email um here. He says that um the title of it, the subject is "silly man."
2: This is from Marshall Mm -hmm. to Voight. Yep. Okay.
0: So the from the suspect to the guy. Okay. Uh. Subject, silly man, two exclamation points. How can you waste time and energy on this dead horse? Your information regarding me is fifth or sixth hand. For instance, I never lived in a warehouse in Marin. I leased an industrial property at 36A Front Street, in which it included a four room, fully equipped apartment. If I find any further Scurrilous, debasing, dope handed out from this source. Be prepared to defend a personal damage suit by a first rate attorney. Now, what I just read to you had very little periods and commas. So, if I had read it as written, Uh I'd have run out of breath. And the grammar is like not a lot of capitalizations. Uh, He capitalized your and he capitalized I. But this is a Marin. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, so then the the guy from the website. Who did you say? Tom Voigt. Tom Voigt. He puts his thoughts about the email here, and then he kind of moves on with his suspect list. So it, it's a pretty interesting exchange. Okay. If you want to access this website and take a look at it, uh as far as. The website is concerned DNA testing was not performed uh, to rule out or rule in Marshall. And he died in 2008. Uh, so Rick Marshall. And it also has a YouTube uh, video here. I haven't watched it, but I'm going to. Are It looks like uh, he's just going to be babbling on about something. So, you know, if you guys can pop you some popcorn and
2: <laughs> yeah, check that out. Just right. another rabbit hole.
0: Yep. Okay. And the final suspect that I will talk about today is Lawrence Kane. Scott, anything you want to say about Kane? Uh, I'm trying to remember started? the
2: details about Kane. It seems like he was uh, he was connected to one of the girls. Like maybe he was uh, somebody figured out that he, or maybe it was Arthur Lee Allen that hung out at the restaurant where Darlene Farron worked in Vallejo. That would be Terry's Waffle House, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Am I right about that?
0: I think that was
2: Arthur Lee Allen. I think maybe maybe that was Arthur Lee Allen.
0: Scott, you may be right. It may be this guy because uh, the sister of Zodiac victim Darlene Farron, Pam Huckabee, she claims that he followed her in the months before the murder.
2: That's it. That's what I was thinking about.
0: Yes. So, and and that goes. That's very consistent with uh, Maggio's statements of being followed yes. and someone, you know. And so, this, this particular guy was obviously a dangerous guy because he had a, a very long uh, rap sheet. As a result of a massive brain damage that he got in 1962 in a car accident, he was allegedly diagnosed by a psychologist as losing the ability to control self-gratification.
2: I'm Ew. not saying a word.
0: I'm going to say impulse control. There on you that go. One. Let's yeah. do that. So this is going to be someone who's very impulsive. Uh, to me, this sort of works against this guy being the Zodiac because I feel like the Zodiac very much so has the ability to delay gratification. Uh, he's a planner. Mm. He's, you know... To me, based on the injury that the man experienced in 1962, uh, Kane that we're talking about, um, if he doesn't have the ability to control self-gratification, that's going to be a problem when you're trying to strategize and plan a crime and mail stuff to the police. And write
2: cryptograms with hundreds of characters in them
0: exactly yeah. so uh, this almost works against him in my opinion and that's just me and we not we all know my expertise well, uh, but he was arrested in redwood city california in august 1968 it was just 4 months before zodiac's first san francisco bay area murders on december 20th 1968 um that's really all it says here so there may be some discrepancy over, was he out of jail? Was he in, you know, he was kind of in and out of jail anyway. So he may not have even been around and available to commit any of these. But he died in 2010 in Reno, Nevada. So that's kind of a, well, yeah. there you go. I'm not sure. And that and that's the way that it goes when you're talking about the suspects in the Zodiac case. It really is. It you just you kind get- of...
2: You get three Uh, quarters of the way down the road and you think, okay, this guy looks great. And then something jumps out and goes, wait a minute, it can't be this guy. You know, he was out of the state or he was incarcerated or, and one of the things about Arthur Lee Allen was, uh, that he, he was incarcerated for three years from like 72 to 74 later in this whole Zodiac investigation, nobody got any letters from anybody the entire time he was locked up, but so what?
0: Interesting.
2: If that's the only thing you've got to hang your hat on, that doesn't make him the killer.
0: You can't, I don't think there's a jury around that would uh, vote to uh, send that person to jail or to the death chamber on that evidence I certainly hope not. Yeah. Uh, So more and more rabbit holes, and we could go on and on about this case for months, but instead of doing that, Scott is going to talk about his favorite avenue of research for this three-part series. And that's the big screen and the impact the Zodiac Killer has had on pop culture and entertainment in general since he first struck in December of 68.
2: All right. So I've got a list of like four or five things, but I think I'm going to narrow it down to two, maybe three. But I mean... If you haven't seen the 2007 David Fincher film, The Zodiac, which stars Robert Downey Jr. and Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo and Anthony Edwards, among others, uh, Chloe Seven a. Did I say her name right? Seven A, sure. 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 Close enough, I don't know. Close enough for me. Anyway, they're all in this movie, and there's a fantastic book that, again, Robert Graysmith wrote, uh, and you can find it on Amazon today, and it's called Shooting Zodiac, and it's an interview with Fincher, And the uh, executive producer of the film, whose name was Brad Fisher, and the guy who wrote the screenplay, whose name was Jamie Vanderbilt. So the three of them, the book ends before the movie ever, before the first shot is ever made of the movie. It's basically the six or nine or 12 months leading up to the film being greenlit by the studio. Because David Fincher wants to make sure that if he does make this movie, and at, at this point he doesn't know, and David Fincher is the guy, if you don't know, who directed Fight Club in 1999. Uh, he did seven in, in 97, starring uh, Morgan Freeman and uh, Brad Pitt, one of the creepiest movies of all times.
0: I, I'm but sorry. fantastic in I'm its own sorry. way. I'm laughing. I just came like, "What's in the box?"
2: Yeah, if Ew. you don't know what's in the box, ah! uh, we're not going to spoil it for you. But you should, you should freaking know by now. If you don't, uh, anyway, so Fincher is the same guy. So he wanted to make very certain that if he did make this movie, that he got it right. He got all of the facts right, and he was actually a kid in the Bay Area when the zodiac was threatening school buses because he tells a story in the book about when his dad he said my dad just he just laid it all out for you and one day fincher comes home from having the school bus followed by police cars and he says hey dad why are the cops following us? And he said, oh yeah, there's a killer on the loose. He's threatening to shoot kids in school
1: buses.
2: (laughs) So that's how seven year old David venture in 1969 finds out about the Zodiac killer. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's always been a part of his personality, his whole life. And here he is 30 years later with a, he's a, a very successful Hollywood director now, Mm -hmm. and he's got a good script in his hand. He knows that he wants to tell this story and he knows first of all and foremost that he wants to get it right. So he spends months in the Bay Area. He goes to Lake Berryessa with one of the park rangers who was there the day that Brian and Cecilia were stabbed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when they figure out where exactly the attack happened, it looks completely different. The trees are all gone. The, the, the sand, the the. The water has washed away the scrub brush that used to be there. Now it's just sand. When, a, when Fincher eventually makes the film, he has trees pulled up out of the ground and flown in by a helicopter to recreate exactly where the trees were. They, they plant scrub brush in the ground one clump at a time to recreate exactly the way that that hump of dirt out mm-hmm. in Lake Berryessa looked mm-hmm. on. September the 27th, 1969. That is how efficient he was about making sure he got the facts right. That is and thorough. There are plenty of things in the film that, are, uh, that Hollywood takes a little bit of license with. And one example that I will give you, Robert Downey Jr. plays Paul Avery, one of the mm-hmm. uh, investigative crime reporters for the San Francisco Chronicle, who was very uh, key to this whole story back in the day. And Hall plays Gray Smith, who is a young mm-hmm. political cartoonist. Mm-hmm. who becomes obsessed with the cryptograms and ends up spending his whole life focusing on the Zodiac to the uh, detriment of his marriage and his children and a lot of other things, but he focuses on this. In the movie, the two of them have a lot of interaction together. They, they speak a lot to each other because, I mean, let's think about it. Robert Downey Jr. plays basically the same character in every film that he plays. He's the smartass. Yeah. He's, the, he's, the, he's yeah. the witty smartass yeah. in every film. I mean, think about Iron Man. Uh-huh. Think about Back to School in 1987 with <laughs> uh with Rodney Dangerfield. He's the same guy back then as a teenager that he is in Zodiac in 07 and all the Iron Man films. So they made that up. They wanted the two of them to interact with each other to to let Gray Smith be the the dope who doesn't know what he's up to and old Wiley Paul Avery played by Robert Downey Jr. kind of s- steers him in the right direction. So that was one thing that they got wrong. But they got a lot of other things right and and you know Fincher would tell you that he did that on purpose because I've got to move the story along.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But as far as the attacks themselves, the attacks that they recreate in the film, Fincher wanted to be as accurate as possible about the way that it looked and the time of night that it was and how much moon was in the sky and exactly where the car was parked. And this is the last example I will give you about how uh, accurate he wanted to be. He insisted on speaking to the first patrol officer who arrived at the Paul Stein murder scene on October the 11th, 1969, because he wanted to know if the passenger side front door on cab number 912 was open or closed when he got there. Because the famous shot that you see from the crime scene is that uh, Stein's body is kind of almost hanging out that open passenger side Mm -hmm. door. Yes. Well, he got confirmation from the first officer on the scene, and I forget his name. He said, when I got there, that door was closed. And there is a scene in Zodiac. It's being shot from where the teenagers who saw the crime take place would have seen it from, from that same angle. And it's very particular about the Zodiac gets out of the right side passenger seat, gets into the right side front seat, Mm -hmm. does whatever it is that he does. We know now that he was taking off a piece of Paul Stein's shirt shirt. so he could mail it to the Chronicle Mm -hmm. later and shuts the door behind him. He wanted to get that right. And that's what Fincher did. And that's how he made the movie the way he did. Um, And here's the last thing about Zodiac before I move along to the the next movie on the list. There is a sequence in the film where a woman is kidnapped on the side of the road and she claims later that she was kidnapped by the Zodiac. She ends up escaping. He pulls up to a stop sign and she and her young baby run out of the car and get away. Mm Mm-hmm. The woman who played that role in the movie's name was uh, Ion Sky. I-O-N-E is her first name. S-K-Y-E is her second name. I hope I got the pronunciation right. She is the daughter of the man who sang Hurdy Gurdy Man.
0: Oh my no. goodness. Ah.
2: She is the daughter of Donovan Leitch.
0: And that is sang... a, that's a very creepy scene. Yes. And it's a very creepy song. It's <laughs> a very creepy song. But just one of the
2: other things that he wanted to do, Just it wasn't really a way to get a detail right, but hey, why not make this as inclusive as we can i mean he tried to do all the sfpd he talked to tosky and armstrong the two san francisco police department detectives who investigated the stein crime and began to realize hey this is all connected and if they didn't already know two days later when a piece of paul stein's shirt mm-hmm. got to the chronicle they all knew it then mm-hmm. all right that's enough about the zodiac so the <laughs> 1971 uh clint eastwood movie dirty harry takes a page mm-hmm. from the Zodiac and in the movie it's called, uh, the bad guy is called the Scorpio, mm-hmm. but a lot of similarities there. There's a, uh, there's a school bus angle. Uh, there's a point in the, at the end of dirty Harry where the, the Scorpio kidnaps a busload of school children. Hmm. And this is while this is all not resolved yet, and Mm -hmm. and technically it's still not resolved today, but it certainly wasn't then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving along, so the movie that's out right now that Katie's going to throw something at me for bringing up yet again, uh, the new Batman movie, The Batman, director Matt Reeves said that, and I read this a month ago, he said that his take on the Riddler, who is played expertly by Paul Dano, by the Mm -hmm. way, in the film... Was borrowed directly from the Zodiac. Uh, there is a sequence in the film where Dano's character calls in on a phone and says, This is the Riddler speaking. <laughs> and there is a post credit scene in Batman.
0: Okay, don't give away too much now, people. I'm not going to give away anything. Okay. Because
2: right. there is no post credit scene except for it's a close up of an old uh, DOS based monitor with green text and nothing else. Okay. And the last word on the screen is, You want to. You want Henry to read it? Do you want me to read it?
0: Ooh, let's let Henry read it one more time. It's,
2: it's goodbye.
0: <laughs> and Henry, take it
2: away. <laughs> goodbye. And one last thing that I will bring up. And, and to get back to Rick Marshall for a second, and there, a lot of the folks who think that Rick Marshall is a viable Zodiac suspect is because he was involved in the film industry. He was in theater. He ran a projectionist. Or he, was, he ran a projector at a, a silent movie theater back in the day. And there was a film that came out in 1939 called Charlie Chan at Treasure Island. And Treasure Island is is this artificial island that was built in San Francisco Bay uh, for a World's Fair that took place in 39 and 40. So they made the movie about the same time in the movie. And if you know who Charlie Chan is, good for you. And if you don't, then you should look it up. It's 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 a little bit uh, racist these days, probably. But it was a really good series of films about a Chinese uh, detective. Mm-hmm. Who came to America and outsmarted everybody. And sure enough, that's what happened in Charlie Chan at Treasure Island. But the bad guy in that film was Dr. Zodiac. Oh. And he wrote letters to the local newspapers and blackmailed people. And that's how they caught him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this weird language that he used. And I don't remember if there were cryptograms or not. But anyway, uh, to use the same term again for the fourth time tonight creepy AF. <laughs>
0: Um, well, and it goes back to the FBI profile where they're saying, you know, he's taking yeah. this from different things. He's, he's not inventive. Everything Ex- he does- When you said that, he's I was like,
2: that makes sense now because mm-hmm. that's- I hadn't read that profile, but when I- if you, if you think Rick Marshall's a good suspect, there's another brick in the wall uh-huh. because he would just take something that he'd seen in a movie Yeah, and, you know, kind of like the, the whole Arthur Lee Allen thing with his watch. Mm-hmm. There's another- you know, borrowing someone else's good idea and making it my own.
0: And I love the fact that he has uh, emailed, you know, the guy with the website. He's very, he's a stickler for his details, uh-huh. which is another thing that Zodiac was a very, you know, big stickler. And there's a sequence his near his the end. Yeah.
2: And there's a sequence near the end of the film Zodiac uh, where they kind of address this uh, suspect. They don't get way down in the weeds on it, but there's a thing at the end and Charles Fleischer is the guy who plays this friend of Rick Marshall's that Jake Gyllenhaal's character goes to see. Mm -hmm. And one little movie tidbit that I can't resist telling you, Charles Fleischer, he's a little short red-headed dude with curly hair, the voice of Roger Rabbit. (laughs) Has nothing to do with anything, but as soon as I saw him, I thought, holy shit, that's Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Anyway, so there, if you wanted to hear the service getting scratched... On the Zodiac Killer, consider your itch addressed. We have tackled this topic somewhat thoroughly at this point, I believe. Mm-hmm. And if you think so too, please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And if you don't, keep your damned one-star review to yourself. Exactly. And I've sworn three times and I apologize to Joy Allen. I'm out of here.
0: <laughs> I'm going to give a, a little bit of a teaser <gasps> for next week. Okay, yes, please. So we rounded out our Zodiac and you know that's the way that California does the Zodiac. Uh-oh. But did you know that Alabama does the Zodiac as well? There is a killer that some podcasts have called the Alabama Zodiac. And we're going to talk about that person. Next week? Next week. On this podcast? On this podcast. And I'll tell you what Alabama does differently. Go on. Alabama says, I'll see your Zodiac. Hold my beer. Oh. <laughs> yes.
2: Wow. Drink up.
0: Exactly. All right. Okay, exactly. so
2: I guess we'll uh, we'll do this all again next week or maybe in 10 minutes.
0: Do you have any shout-outs? Um, I don't
2: think I have any. Oh, wait, I do have one. Cade yeah, Gossett gets an updated shout-out because he reached out to me last week about the Murdoch case. Am I saying uh, that right? You are. Mm-hmm. And he wants us to talk about that, and I told him we certainly will, that you have it on the list for us to do sometime this summer, and he's very excited to hear what we do because he listens to to us every day on the way to class in Charleston, South Carolina at law school. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Kane. I appreciate that. And thank you for that suggestion. And you too can give us a suggestion at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com.
2: Good night, everybody.